Bibles tonight, please, if you will, and turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, yet once again. And uh, we've been in John 14 quite a few times now. And I preached out of John 14 yesterday uh, over at Little Elkin Baptist Church. And wow, what a thought um, God gave us last night. And um, I think Brother Mike's right. I, he taught this morning on a class. I think there's a, a difference between preaching and teaching. Preaching often has what I call a hook in it, and it gets people to make a decision, gets folks, it encourages people, challenges people to, to do certain things, to walk an hour, to come to the altar, to get saved, whatever the case may be. And then teaching is a little bit more of that imparting of truth. And so that's what, that, that's what tonight's going to be. It's going to be a little bit more of imparting truth. I'm not sure that in our series, and, and I, I feel sure there are some hooks in here, but in our series, it's not so much preaching as it is teaching. But whatever you do, whatever you do, don't miss tonight, whatever you do, because uh, this is going to help you, I believe. And so John chapter 14 in your Bibles, and when you find your place tonight, let's all stand if you're able and it'll give you also it'll give you an opportunity to stretch your legs and just get a, l- a little blood flow in it. And we're not going to be lengthy at all tonight. I think this is going to be a relatively short uh, lesson this evening, and we'll have you out of here in just a little bit. But uh, boy, let's uh, let's not concentrate so much on the clock as we concentrate on getting something from God's Word tonight, because I believe God's got something for us this evening, and I believe this is going to help us to appreciate just a little bit more the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so, John fourteen. And when you find your place, if you'll look at verse number 22 tonight, John 14 and verse number 22, and we'll read down through verse number 26. The Bible says, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot. In other words, this was not Judas Iscariot. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Now, hang on, church, because we're coming back to that verse soon. Not tonight, but, uh, but soon. <clears throat> and I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and, he, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. By the way, church, something I brought out last night at Little Elkin that I think would help you just a little bit right here is that when the Lord Jesus is teaching the disciples here in John chapter 14, you understand that he's just hours away from the cross. And so as as Christ is teaching these truths, the cross is almost in view. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching some life-changing truths, and one of those truths that he's teaching is, is the truth about the comforter. Verse 26, he says to his disciples, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he, the Holy Spirit, he shall teach you, the disciples, all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I, the Lord Jesus, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We'll stop there tonight for sake of time, and you may be seated this evening. And I want to talk to you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit a little bit more uh, 
uh, tonight. And so let's go to the Lord and ask God to uh, ask God to help us, and then we'll get right into the Bible study tonight. Father, thank you. What a great day you've given us. And, and Lord, I know people expect the pastor to say that, but I'm not just saying that. Lord, I really feel like that when I, when I pull away from this property, I feel like my life's going to be better because of this day. Lord, I've been encouraged. I've been edified. I've been built up, Lord, by the fellowship, by the prayer, by the prayers of others, by the handshakes, by the smiles. Lord, I've been encouraged and edified by the music and the singing of the choir and these wonderful special numbers. God, I've been helped through the preaching, even though I preached this morning, Lord, as I was preaching, you were ministering to me. And so, Lord, I believe we're going to be much better off because we've made it a point to be at the house of the Lord. Father, I pray that you would knit our hearts together as you have done so many times. And just for a few moments, I pray that we will, I pray that we'll block out every, every thing that could take away or distract God, from this time, and I pray that we will concentrate our, our minds on what you have for us from God's word tonight. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, not only the pastor, but the people. And I pray all that's done would uplift the name of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, help us, please. Breathe upon us, we pray. We love you and thank you. And we ask all these things in Christ's name and for his sake we pray. And all God's people said, amen. We're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Several things that we have uh, that we have mentioned, and I'll put a few things, just a few things on the screen tonight. Number one, we said the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to guide. Uh, we used John chapter 16, verse number 13. The Bible says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. It's the Greek word hodigio, and it means to show the way. And so howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will show you the way. He will, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And so it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to guide. And uh, boy, I'm, so, I'm sure thankful for that. Not only that, but number two, we learned that it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to assist. John chapter 14, verse number 16 says it like this, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. That word comforter is the Greek word parakletos and it means uh, called to one's aid or called to one's side. And so from that we get that the ministry of the Spirit of God is to assist us. Then number three, we talked about this one. We said it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to convict. John 16 and verse number eight and when he, the Holy Spirit, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. But I want to go a step further tonight, uh, if I could. Not only is it the ministry of the Holy Spirit to guide and to assist and to convict, but I love this little subject tonight. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to teach. Now, we noticed that tonight in our passage, and I want, to go, I want you to go back to John 14 with me. And look at verse number 26 tonight. John 14 and verse number 26, the Bible says, but the comforter, that parakletos, that one that gives us aid, that one that's called to our side, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach 
you all things. Now, if you like to mark your Bible up or underline your Bible or highlight, I want you to underline or circle that little phrase. He shall teach you all things. And notice the last part. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, if I could just take a moment and bring your attention, that teaching is paramount in the Word of God. Somebody says, Pastor, okay, all right, so the Holy Spirit teaches. That's right. But I want you to understand how important that is. Teaching doctrine is paramount in the Word of God. In fact, one of the predominant landmarks of Jesus' earthly ministry was that of teaching. Now, you don't have to turn there. You can just stay where you are. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 says it like this. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 6. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he, Jesus, and he went around about the villages teaching, the Bible says. Uh, Mark chapter 14, verse 49, the Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking, I was daily with you in the temple teaching. And so, you know what that tells us? Teaching is something that's important. And uh, every once in a while, you run into somebody and they say, I don't need church. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. You know why they need church? Because teaching is paramount. They need to be in the house of God where they can be receiving the teaching and the preaching of the word of God. Sometimes it's preaching, it's got that hook in it. It's trying to get you saved, it's trying to get you right, it's trying to get you revived, it's trying to get you quickened, but other times it's that teaching, it's that imparting of truth that helps you and encourages you and edifies you in your Christian walk. And so teaching was a landmark in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'll tell you something else. Teaching was the foundation of the apostolic missionary journeys. Uh, uh, Acts chapter 15, verse 35 the Bible says it like this, Paul also and Barnabas continue in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And in Acts chapter 18, verse 11, the Bible says in he, talking about Paul, and he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Now again, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make, make a point here. And the point is this, teaching is everything. Teaching is important. By the way, church, it's one of the problems that's going on today in the church. Now, thankfully, not this church, but, uh, but and, and, and without trying to sound critical, it's going on in a lot of the churches today. Little by little by little, they are phasing out teaching and they're bringing in everything else. Now, I'm not against... Uh, we love, I mean, we absolutely love music at Calvary Baptist Church. And thank God for the music ministry that God has given us at Calvary. But I want to say this, listen, don't phase out your teaching for music. And don't phase out your teaching for drama. And don't phase out your teaching for other things. Why? Because teaching is absolutely paramount. In fact, the ministry of God's Holy Spirit is for the purpose of teaching. Now, we read that tonight. Again, look back there, if you will, John chapter 14 and verse number 26. But the comforter, and, and you understand that, that, that Jesus is within view of the cross, 
He's getting ready to go to the cross. They're, they're going to arrest him in just hours. He's getting ready to lead his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's where he prays and his sweat becomes his great drops of blood. And so uh, this is some teaching that's, that's super relevant and important to his disciples. And he says, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, let me share something with you tonight that really helped me as I was putting this uh, outline together in its context. And you ought to always read Scripture in its context. In its context, John 14, verse 26, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. How many would agree with that? Well, yeah, we would all agree with that. We know that's what's going on here in John chapter 14. And so Jesus is saying to his disciples, fellas, after my ascension, the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. The Holy Spirit's going to not only teach you, but the Holy Spirit's going to bring all things to your remembrance. Now, is this important? It's very important, and I'll tell you why. This was a promise of Christ to his disciples that they would most certainly be inspired as they recorded the words and the acts of Jesus Christ. In fact, you know what Christ was saying to his disciples? He was saying, fellas, when I send the comforter, when I send the Holy Spirit, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is he's gonna teach you. And fellas, the Holy Spirit is gonna teach you things that you don't even understand. You know what? If you go back and read John 14, and not just John 14, but if you go back and read John 14, you'll understand that the disciples didn't understand. There were just some things they did not understand. Now they were, they were like us. They were trying to grasp it. And here's G Jesus has them for three years and he's pouring into them, but there are just some things that they don't understand and we won't go to all these places, but look at John 14, verse five. I'll just give you an example. John 14, verse five, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest and how can we know the way? And of course, there's that famous verse in verse six where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the light. Did you know that was in response to Thomas? And so he says, Thomas, let me explain this to you. I'm the way. Look, at if, look if you will, at John 14, verse number eight. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Look at John 14, verse 22. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it? that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world. Now, again, the point I'm trying to make is this. There were a lot of things the disciples did not understand. They just, they, they couldn't quite grasp the truths that Jesus was giving to them. I'm going to be honest with you. They didn't really completely grasp why he was going to die. I, nor did they really understand his, his, his rising again. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching a great truth here. And the truth is this, fellas, when I leave and I send the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is gonna come and he's gonna teach you. And he's gonna even teach you some things that you don't even understand. Not only that, but look at this. He said something else. He said it would be the ministry of the Holy Spirit to help them remember. Did y'all see that? Look back at it again, John 14, 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you, disciples, he shall teach you all things, and fellas, he's gonna bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Hey, I don't know that Mark did this, but I thought maybe Mark said to the Lord, Lord, how are we gonna remember? How are we gonna write all these things down? 
You're getting ready to leave. How are we going to remember? And the Lord Jesus Christ said, the Spirit of God is going to come, and he's not only going to teach you, but he's going to give you supernatural recall. And you're going to remember the, the, the miracles. You're going to remember the teaching. God's going to give you uh, an amazing memory supernaturally where you can remember the works of Christ and you're going to be writing these things down. And so in its context, John 14, 26, in its context, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And so somebody says, all right, preacher. So if that's the case, and it is, does the Holy Spirit still teach us today? I, I get it. He's talking to his disciples. He's going to teach them. He's going to help them remember. But does the, does the Holy Spirit in 2022, does the Holy Spirit still teach us today? Listen, in its context, in its context, John 14, 26 was not necessarily talking to Brother Mike. It was talking to Peter, James, and John, and Thomas, and Philip, and Nathaniel. In its context. And so somebody says, well, preacher, does the Holy Spirit still teach today? And I'm glad that I can announce to you tonight the answer to that is absolutely. Yes, he most certainly does. Now, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and I want you to turn to John, but I want you to turn to 1 John. We're going to go away from John chapter 14 for just a little bit, and I want you to turn over to uh, the uh, epistle of John. It's right toward the back of your Bible, right before you get to the book of Revelation. And I want you to look for 1 John chapter number 2, and I want to show you an amazing, amazing scripture tonight. 1 John chapter 2, thank God the Holy Spirit is still in the teaching ministry. And so you say, well, preacher, I'm glad that, that the Holy Spirit taught Peter, and I'm glad that the Holy Spirit taught James, and I'm glad that the Holy Spirit taught Philip. But how about me? How about little old me? Do I have any hope? Absolutely. Yes, you do. Uh, the Holy Spirit is still in the teaching ministry. Now, look at 1 John chapter 2, and I want you to find verse number 26 tonight. 1 John 2, verse 26. The Bible says this, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Verse 27, very important. John says in verse 27, but the anointing, well, that's an incredible word. If you're marking your Bibles up, underline that word or circle that word. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But it's the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Now that anointing, just to let you know, that word anointing there is a direct reference to the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, it's the Greek word charisma. And it means unction. Uh, sometimes you'll hear a preacher say, oh God, send the unction. Now, let me help you. Let me tell you what that means. That word unction, sometimes you'll hear somebody pray that. Lord, send the unction of the Holy Spirit. That word unction literally means a smearing upon. You know what they're praying? If a preacher prays something like that, you know what they're praying? Oh, God, send the Holy Spirit and just smear him on us. I mean, just smear him all over the choir. Smear him all over the preacher, all over the service, all over the congregational music. Holy Spirit, come. We want the unction. We want the smear, smearing upon of the Holy Spirit. That's what the word anointing in 1 John chapter 2, that's exactly what it means. And so the scripture is teaching us a very important lesson here. And that's, this is the lesson. When the Spirit of God indwells us, he begins a ministry of teaching. Now, somebody says, all right, preacher, 
Is 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27 implying, though, that since we've been given the Spirit of God, that we no longer need teachers to teach us? Look what it says, verse 27. But the anointing, Holy Spirit, charisma, that unction, but the anointing which ye have received abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. So, okay, whoa, wait a minute, preacher. Is the Bible saying since we have the Holy Spirit, we don't need a teacher? Since we have the Holy Spirit, we don't need, we no longer need a preacher? And I want to say real quickly, no, that's not what it's teaching at all. In fact, I want you to understand something. And again, we said teaching was paramount. You understand that before Jesus Christ ascended back to heaven, he charged all of us to teach. You say, not me. Yes, he did. Hey, listen to Matthew 28, 19. The Bible says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. How about, how about Colossians chapter three and verse number 16? The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. And so uh, is the Bible saying that teaching is no longer relevant or important? No, no, no. Uh, before Jesus went back to heaven, he charged all of us to teach. And I'll tell you something else. When Jesus instituted the church, he ordained the church to have pastors and teachers. Now, you don't have to turn now. I'll just read it for you, but you can, you can jot it down. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13. The Bible says, and he, the Lord Jesus, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, he's speaking to the church, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God under a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All right, we were out not, not too, too long ago. We were out knocking on some doors, and I knocked on a door, and there was a lady that came to the door, and we invited her to Calvary, and uh, no, let me back up. I said, do you go to church anywhere? She said, yes, I go to church. And, I, and when she told me the church, I didn't recognize the church. And I said, well, I said, uh, who's the pastor there? And she said, we don't have a pastor. We don't do it like that. Well, and they may not do it like that. But I would say if they don't do it like, they're not doing it the Bible way. And so teaching is still vital. And because it's so vital, God has given us pastors and God has given us teachers for the purpose of, of when we come together, they help us and they edify us and they, and they stir us and, and God uses them to quicken us. And I'll tell you something else about this thing of teaching, that it is actually one of the spiritual gifts that's extended to, to many a saint. Romans chapter 12, verse seven, the Bible says, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching. You say, okay, preacher, but what does that mean in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27? But the anointing which ye have received him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but it's the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And church, we're almost done, but listen to this. This is what, this is what our Bible is teaching right here. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to teach us, or if I could use these words, to keep us grounded. To keep us grounded as a child of God. Or how about this word, sound. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to teach you and to keep you sound. Now, you know what? 
you know what John was teaching here? In fact, in fact, go back there. Go back there and look at it with me, if you will. Uh, look at verse 26. Verse 26. John says, these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. You know what's going on? There were false teachers that were coming into the church or trying to influence the church. And they were trying to turn these people away from the gospel. They were adding to the gospel. And this is what our Bible is so beautifully teaching here. Listen, as false teachers come by and come around and listen to me now, even as the devil tries to slip some people into this church occasionally that try to pull you away. And as your pastor gets up here and preaches the gospel or some of these other preachers in the church get up here and preach the gospel and somebody sort of, uh, somebody sort of pulls you to the side and says, now listen to me. Maybe you better not listen to everything he says. Did you know it is the wonderful, wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit that comes along of us and he teaches us the word of God and keeps us grounded. By the way, church, that's exactly, listen to me now, that's exactly why it is so imperative that you and I stay yielded to the spirit of God. Yes, that's why we ought to stay yielded to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when false teachers come our way or, or the wrong kind of people come our, our way and they try to sway us away, thank God the Holy Spirit comes to us and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not the direction you're supposed to be going. The Bible says, try the Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit will come and he will say, listen, hang on now. Maybe you shouldn't listen to everything they're saying. By the way, it's exactly why people get confused doctrinally. Because they're trying to understand Scripture apart from the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, let me put another statement up here on the screen. The truth is, folks, we have no hope of understanding the Scriptures without the help of the Holy Spirit. And I want to show that to you. Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to 1 Corinthians 2. And this is, I think, the last place we're going, and we're, we're done. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but man, what important Scripture. Verse 9, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. The Bible says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, a lot of people teach that that's talking about heaven. And I'm not, if you want to use it in that way necessarily, we're not going to fuss about that. But church, I'm going to tell you something. That is not talking about heaven. It's talking about the word of God. And so, look what he says here, verse number 10. But God hath revealed them, the words of God, but God hath revealed them unto us by his what? By his, oh yes. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the who? But the, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of, of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. <laughs> Do you think maybe the Lord's trying to teach us a lesson here? And over and over again, he's using the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. Listen to me. Listen. We are not going to understand this book apart from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that's why maybe, maybe when I mentioned and announced that we're going to have a study on the Holy Spirit, maybe there were some who said, oh, we're not going for that. We don't get into all that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You better get into it. Because if you don't get into it, you're really going to get into it. And it's exactly why people have come to this church and now they're way out in left field somewhere in some kind of a crazy doctrine or they're not even in any kind of a church at all. You know why? Because they were depending on self to understand a supernatural book. And it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to help us understand. Now, let me see if I can illustrate just a little bit and we're going to be gone tonight. Back in 2019, my wife and I had the opportunity to travel to the Middle East and uh, we uh, flew out of Raleigh, North Carolina and flew into uh, um, JFK there in uh, New York City and then from New York City we flew into Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv, Israel and we were there for I, I think about 10 days and man, what a trip, what a trip it was. Now, and, and, and this is what the Holy Spirit seemed to show me. Did you know that while Miss Tammy and I, and we speak, you know what we speak? We speak Union Grove. That's what we speak. I'm not even sure we speak English. We speak Union Grove. That's what we, that's what we speak. And she's getting better and better at it, by the way. I mean, man, it's might, right, not, you know. And, and we go to California, and they just laugh at us and think we are just a bunch of country bumpkins. And we are. We are. And, uh, but I said that to say this, when we traveled to the Middle East, we had no hope of understanding what those Israeli people were saying or those, you know, we, uh, we, we looked right into that. We didn't go in, but we looked right into, to Syria and Jordan. We did pass into Jordan at one point, but we, listen to me, we could not understand. How many have ever heard somebody speak Hebrew? <laughs> it ain't Union Grove, I'm telling you that. I mean, it is, uh, that boy, what a, what a language that is. And so here were two country bumpkins who got on an airplane and went to Israel, and the truth of the matter is we had no hope of understanding those people. And so you know what I did? I, on my cell phone, I downloaded something called a translation app. And it is neat. It really is neat. And so when, when, a, when somebody could, would speak to me in Hebrew, I could put the word in and my phone would translate it into English, not into Union Grove, but it wouldn't translate it into English. And so, uh, uh, you know, Israel over there would say something and I, you know, in fact, in fact, I could hold my phone out and let them, let them talk and my phone would pick up the word and then it would translate it into the English language. Boy, how many know that's neat? I mean, that's a pretty neat thing. But I came here tonight to tell you something. Although that really is neat, we had something better than a translation app. We were given a guide. 
when we got to Tel Aviv and walked into that airport, I'm here to tell you something. We were not in North Carolina anymore. They didn't talk our language. They didn't use our money. And they really didn't care if we were there or not. And we were sort of lost, but our team, you know what they did? They gave us a guide. And that guide was able to help us understand what we couldn't understand. Man, isn't that great? In fact, we went to Jerusalem one day, only one day in our, on our trip, but we went to Jerusalem and spent a day in Jerusalem and we went to Golgotha and went to the garden and some different things you've heard me tell about that. Well, that night we were going back to Galilee. We were staying in Galilee and uh, right, outside of, uh, right outside of Tiberias. And so we were uh, driving back on our, just a, not a big, big bus, but just a little bus, about 20 of us or so. And we were driving back to Galilee, but on our way back, we had to go through a Jordanian checkpoint. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. It's not like America. We cruised into that Jordanian checkpoint and an armed Jordanian soldier, I'm talking about machine gun, walked onto our bus looking around like we were doing something nefarious. I mean, you know, and now here's the problem. Miss Tammy and I, we couldn't communicate with him, but we had a guide. And that guide was able to do what we could not do. He could communicate. He could help us understand what was going on. He could help us understand what language, what was being said. And man, what a blessing that was. Now listen, church, do you know what a blessing the Holy Spirit is? Did you know that you have something better than a translation app tonight? Did you know that you have a guide? And that guide comes to your side and helps you understand the Word of God. He teaches you Things that you, sometimes you read a scripture and you're thinking, man, that don't even make sense. You're right. But you know what you do? You go to the guide. And you say, God, I can't understand this. Could you tell me what this means? And here's the great thing. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll teach you the word of God. That's why when people say sometimes, they'll say, preacher, I would read the Bible, but I just don't understand it. Preacher, I just, I, you know what? I don't understand the Bible like you do. Listen to me. It's not about like I do. Did you know that what I get from the Bible, I get from the Bible the same way you get it from the Bible? And that's through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Listen, church, and we're done. You can close your Bibles, we're done. It's really, you know what, it's no wonder that so many people are just spiritually illiterate today and don't understand the Word of God. You know why? Because they're not depending on the Holy Spirit. What a way to end a service. A preacher, <clears throat> pastor of church for quite a few years, and he was concerned that his people were not receiving the word in their classes, their Sunday school classes. And so one Sunday morning, he came up with this idea, <clears throat> and uh, and so he went to the primary boys' class and never told anybody what, what he was going to do. And the primary boys' class had already started, and he just bolted in the door and uh, didn't give the teacher forewarning or anything. Just bolted in the door, and he said, "Hey, boys." Hey, boys, who knocked down the walls of Jericho? And, man, it was just silent. I mean, it was, crickets were chirping. I mean, it was just silent. And, and he said, come on, boys. Come on. Who knocked down the walls of Jericho? And nobody said a word. And finally, the preacher singled one of the boys out, and he said, Jimmy, 
You've been going here for a little while. He said, Jimmy, who knocked down the walls of Jericho? And all of a sudden, little Jimmy's lip began to quiver. And he said, preacher, preacher, honest, honest. I didn't do it. I, pr- I promise I didn't do it. And the preacher was livid. He looked over at the boy's Sunday school teacher and he said, what do you have to say about that? And the, preacher looked, uh, the, the teacher looked over at the preacher and he said, well, preacher, he said, all I know to say is Jimmy's a good little boy. And if he said he didn't knock him down, I believe him. And the preacher got madder. I mean, man, he stormed out of the Sunday school class and, and he thought, boy, this is exactly what I thought. And so he called, a, he called his deacon board together and got all of his deacons together. Man, he told them the whole bad story. And I mean, he just told them, he said, I'm telling you, he said, the primary boys class didn't know who knocked down the walls of Jericho. And he said, Jimmy didn't know who knocked down the walls of Jericho. And he said, I looked over to the teacher and he said, the Sunday school teacher didn't even know who knocked down the walls of Jericho. And man, he was just snorting and going on. And all all of a sudden, the deacon spoke up and said, preacher, preacher, you need to calm down. You're making way too much of this. Listen, we've got a little money saved, and we'll build the wall back. I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal. That's just a little cute story. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of churches are spiritually illiterate. And partly because they're not depending on the guide to teach them. Boy, how many are thankful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Man, boy, I sure am. Brother Russell came by the office just a little while ago. We were having prayer. And he said, preacher, he said, man. He said, I was studying this week. You know, getting ready for rest home, I guess. And he said, I was studying this week. And he said, man, he said, God just was giving me verse after verse. And I was thinking, man, where's this coming from? You know where it came from? It came from that God. It came from the same Holy Spirit that I'm teaching tonight. And so thank God for the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Let's all pray tonight. Father, we love you. And thank you so much for this time we've had together tonight. And Father, thank you forgiving us of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you that he guides us. Thank you that he assists us. Thank you, Lord, that he convicts us. And thank you, Lord, that he teaches us. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to, we don't have to depend on a translation app. Lord, thank you that you've given us a guide. And it is a guide that's by our side that's there to help us and teach us and enlighten us. And Lord, even when somebody tries to pull us away into false doctrine or gossip or something wrong, thank you, Lord, that we have a guide that keeps us grounded and keeps us sound. Father, you please conduct this invitation any way that you want to do that. Lord, maybe tonight somebody needs to come and yield themselves to the Holy Spirit afresh and anew. Maybe tonight, Lord, somebody just needs to come and just get on this altar and say, Oh, Holy Spirit, please teach me thy word. Holy Spirit, help me to be thirsty. Help me to be hungry for the words of God. And Spirit of God, teach me, teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me so I can teach my children. Teach me so I can teach my grandchildren. Holy Spirit, teach me so I can be a witness to those that I work with. 
Holy Spirit, teach me so I can be a witness to my family that's lost. Holy Spirit, teach me, I pray. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Why don't we stand tonight with our heads bowed? And if the Holy Spirit has dealt with your heart about anything at all, listen, you just tiptoe down to the altar and do business with the Lord. Maybe tonight you just breathe a prayer and say, Lord, thank you for giving us of your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for not leaving us comfortless. Now I preach to save people tonight. But it could be there's one here this evening that's never trusted Christ as your personal Savior. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven. Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm born again. Why don't you do this? Why don't you come right now? I'm gonna make my way to the main floor. And if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure of heaven, why don't you come? And we would love to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you're gonna go to heaven when you die, okay? Would you do that? Would you come while we wait? If there's any decision at all that you need to make tonight, the altars are open, you come tonight.